Hi everyone, welcome back to the Careers in Medicine podcast. In today's episode, we'll be taking a closer look at the career of a Chief Medical Officer. Today I'll be interviewing Dr. Radhika Janga, who is the Chief Medical Officer of a VA clinic. I'm super excited to get to know more about her career path and the journey it took to get there. So let's get started. Hi, doctor. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited that I get to have you guest on my podcast today. How are you? Good, Sanjana. How are you? I'm good. Okay. Um, so just to start out, um, I was just wondering, what do you do on a daily basis at your job? Like, could you walk us through uh, your day for me? Okay. Before I start, I want to thank you for having me and giving me the opportunity to talk to your listeners. Um, I am as chief medical officer for one of the community-based outpatient VA clinics in Phoenix. I'm in a unique position where my job involves both being an administrator as well as a healthcare provider, where my time is split between both the administrative and clinical duties. So as you asked, my day starts with, um, uh, usually provider starts with seeing patients, but my day starts with daily management system for the clinic from eight to 9 a.m. where we meet and huddle with all the teams and other service lines to see if we, are, if we have everything ready for daily operational needs. So we try to resolve any pending issues, take care of any needs for the clinic. Sometimes there will be issues where EKG machines are not working or we don't have enough supplies to take care of patients. So uh, we try to resolve that and so be ready for daily operations. So, and the rest of the day is split between seeing patients and taking care of any administrative issues. Um, I try to uh, work with different service lines. Um, Even though I'm a primary care provider, as I'm a CMO for the clinic, um, I do overlook and work with nursing line scheduling operations, physical therapists, audiologists, nutritionists, pharmacists, mental health, psychologists, social workers, dental, etc. So these are quick question. Sorry, what is the CMO exactly? CMO is a chief medical officer for this. uh, Yes. So that's why I get involved with all the service lines and make sure our clinic is ready um, so we don't have any hiccups or problems um, seeing the patients. And I do conduct meetings for providers um, going over um, you know, quality metrics, things happening in the clinic, giving updates to all the staff, um, especially with the COVID, um, we used to conduct every couple of times a week just to keep them in the loop because they're all isolated. They used mm-hmm. to sit in different parts. And so yeah. the communication is the key at that time. So um, lots of meetings going over. Other thing I do is going over patient complaints, resolving them, 
-hmm. I do get those um, about uh, where I need to talk to the patients or families. Um, ultimately, even medical service is a customer service. So mm -hmm. uh, we need to provide good customer service to our patients. So if anything is going on, then I try to resolve and correct and see how I can help the patients. That's how my day goes. Cool. And um, you said you worked at a VA hospital, right? So that's a hospital for veterans only, correct? Yeah, it's a VA clinic only oh, sorry, for clinic. veterans. Yeah. yeah. And then as a clinic, is it like mainly um, outpatient or is it like inpatient too? So it's just an outpatient. Um, it's not like an outpatient setting where we just have primary care involved. Okay. As I said, um, all these veterans do get all these services included, which includes like psychology, mental health, mm -hmm. nutrition, multiple disciplinary, um, you know, teams get involved in helping our patients. Cool. And how did you, um, how, what was your journey to becoming a medical director? How did you know that you wanted to like pursue that as a career in medicine? Yeah, actually, um, I didn't pursue um, to become a medical director or a chief medical officer. I joined as a regular primary care provider for the mm -hmm. VA clinic. And um, so after working for a couple of years, the, our chief of primary care um, reached out and asked uh, if I'm interested in uh, being a director. Um, so I said, okay, why not? Uh, because uh, is, I just want to take up a new challenge. Um, and I accepted um, after going through interview process, there is a selection process and they did select me and I chose the medical director initially. Then after working for a couple of years, um, the CMO position opened up and again, the same process and I got selected and I'm serving here for the past two years as a chief medical officer. Cool. And um, how was your like journey to uh, in medical school and residency to get there? You know, um, the journey, um, as you know, Sanjana, growing up in India, there were not too many um, choices in terms of degrees when I was growing up. Either they, they take up engineering or medical dental field. Um, I picked up medical field. I was not that keen on pursuing engineering. Mm -hmm. Started my med school, completed in 1999, came here to United States, did my residency in internal medicine. Um, and I started working as an internist since 2005 in Arizona. Cool. And then wait, so um, in residency, how was that like in the US, like applying to residency and what was your experience throughout that? Um, actually, um, it's, uh, you know, once we got trained um, in India, I finished the medical school and came here, um, you know, the subject is the same. 
you know what you learn is almost the same but we have to go through the same usmle steps as the medical students go through mm-hmm. um, and uh, apply and get through the residency um, so it's the same process, but it's a new system. Uh, it's all connections with the friends, how they did. Uh, we didn't even have internet, um, you know, the uh, resources at that time. It's just talking to friends and communicating and applying to several programs um, and got into the residency, just following the same process. Uh, but it is difficult because I didn't know the system. Uh, but once you get in, um, you know, you just follow the flow. That's it. Cool. And like along the way, what was the most challenging part of the journey to becoming a CMO? You know, the you know, for me, the most challenging throughout this journey is like each step, again, uh, it's a big challenge getting into med school, getting into residency, then starting your work. Um, Once I got in, um, started my work here, um, the main challenge for me was having good work-life balance, especially with young kids and family. Um, Obviously for me, family is very important. So Mm -hmm. I just want to balance the time uh, that I spend at work as well as at the family. That's the most challenging for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. And um, along with that, like how did, um, how did you manage that exactly? You know, um, initially once I graduated from, you know, uh, after I finished my residency, Mm-hmm. Um, the first job I've taken was uh, a hospitalist. Um, mm-hmm. I guess you know what the hospitalist is, mm-hmm. where you work in the hospital, where you do admissions, you treat the patients, discharge them. So you're basically mm-hmm. doing all the work in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, that was burning me out uh, because it's long hours. Um, the hours are not set. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, calls, night calls. Um, sometimes you have to do night shifts, which mm-hmm. um, I did do. I remember I did the night shifts and my son used to cry when I was going for a night shift. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I decided, okay, no more night shifts. I don't need to do this. So then after hospitalist job I did pick up the my own uh, practice I started my own practice Mm -hmm. where I was running the clinic as well as uh, I was doing inpatient during the weekends um, some weekends um, just to build the practice Mm -hmm. so after that um, you know I practiced for eight years on my own uh, in private sector uh, with another uh, associate. And um, wow. again, mm-hmm. that was challenging too, because you have to deal with several issues uh, when it's, it's, you're running a business. Mm-hmm. It's not just seeing a patient. You have to yeah. deal with yeah. the billers, mm-hmm. uh, building stuff, you know, supplies, managing the staff. So all these things and insurance companies. 
Mm-hmm. So, and then I decided, okay, this is not for me. Um, so I want something where I don't need all these headaches. So I joined the VA clinic when the opportunity came. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I really like it because I don't need to deal with all this. And my, I go to work by eight and I'm home. Um, I'm there till 4.30 and I'm done. And there's wow. no calls in the evening, no weekends, which I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, that seems nice. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, how was the like transition from going to like a gen- from a general hospital to private practice to then like a VA hospital? Like what is the difference between working in a general hospital and a VA hospital? You know, um, the general hospital is, um, I did inpatient setting. So mm-hmm. even that I did enjoy because it's not that I didn't enjoy doing the hospital work, mm-hmm. but with the um, number of hours I was putting in and sometimes, um, you know, working on the weekends or late shifts, um, that's the part I didn't like it. So mm-hmm. Then I moved to the VA. Um, uh, I enjoy seeing the veterans and, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's the same, but um, you're seeing patients in an outpatient setting, Mm -hmm. um, which is, which I enjoy because you build the relation with the patients. You Mm -hmm. know the patients from day one and I have patients with me for several years. They become like a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a lot of details about your family. Sometimes we discuss about some social issues. Um, they, they actually introduce their pets when I'm doing virtual oh, appointments, their family members. So they become part of your, you know, it's like a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoy that. Um, and I would continue doing that, this job. Cool. Yeah. And um, uh, along with that, how many patients, like, how many veterans do you see like in a day on average? Or is it just like some days where you do more like administrative work and other days it's seeing patients? Yeah, as I mentioned before, I have both administrative clinical duties. So my clinic time is limited. Mm-hmm. Um, some days I do half day clinics. Usually it's a uh, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, and I see at the most six to seven patients a day. Um, and uh, before taking the administrative portion, I used to see anywhere between 10 to 14 patients a day. Wow. Uh, and yeah, usually VA gives a lot of time to see the patients. So each patient, we do get half an hour um, appointments. So which is nice. So we can spend some time and take yeah, care of our nice. veterans. Mm-hmm. And um, so how, uh, going back to when you were a hospitalist, how was it being on call for emergencies and things like that? I know you don't have to do it anymore, but at that time. Um, actually, um, it was very, um, you know, I used to love it because, you know, every patient, you know, you treat their diagnose. Um, it's very challenging and very interesting. Um, 
you know, you, you admit the patients, you treat them, you see them go home. And it's very rewarding when you see the patients um, being treated by you, they recovered and they're going home. And um, that's, that's a um, good part. And also you do work with the consultants closely and you do coordinate care uh, with all the specialists, case managers, nurses. Um, uh, it's a different setting, but I enjoyed it. Um, uh, what motivates you to get up every day and go to work excited? as a CMO? You know, the main motivating factor here in this setting is to help veterans mm -hmm. um, who uh, fought and sacrificed for the country. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, very rewarding. And sometimes we see World War II veterans and it's interesting wow. to hear their stories. Mm -hmm. And um, I enjoy seeing them. And um, that's the main motivating factor for me. Cool. And um, along with that, what skills do you really think you need to have to become a doctor? You know, the skills, the most important thing is patience mm -hmm. and uh, hard work. And you need good time management skills. You need to be empathetic, um, detail-oriented. Um, communication skills are very important um, and being professional. So all these matters um, to become a doctor. Cool. And then um, just for high school students like me, what is your like one piece of advice for um as high school students who want to pursue a career in medicine or healthcare in general? You know, for a high schooler, um, you need to be prepared for long years of hard work. <laughs> it's not easy. It can yeah. be challenging, very rigorous, overwhelming. But um, at the end of all that, career in medicine is noble and rewarding. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, after you graduate, after you become a doctor, um, you forget all these, um, effort you put in mm -hmm. as, um, uh, it, it is very rewarding and, uh, patients do respect you. Uh, they do trust mm -hmm. and it's a good career to be in. Mm-hmm. And how did, how, like, do you have any advice for keeping motivated through the journey? Um, as I said, being patient and uh, persistent, um, just not giving up and mm -hmm. hard work pays off. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really enjoyed listening to, uh, your journey and um, like the different perspective of working in a VA clinic too. So thank you so much. Good luck Sanjana for your future endeavors. Uh, hope you are successful in whatever you choose to do. Thank you. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode and learned a lot about internal medicine and the career of a chief medical officer from Dr. Junga's detailed answers. 
Thank you for listening and stay tuned for my next episode.